If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland, a mysterious, all-powerful character, but a crusader for law. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. I'm joined today by Tom King. Tom, welcome back to the show. What a pleasure to be here. It's very exciting to see you, dude. Pleasure's um, all mine. It's just it's nice to see a friendly face. Same, same, yeah, yeah. Especially in these tar- in these times when it's we have to kind of portion out which friendly faces we see, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or when we find out, hey, that friendly face was actually a mask the whole time. Oh my god! Oh um, god, don't bring that. Up. <laughs> but no, uh, it's been a lo- it's been a spell since you've been back uh, to the show. So I'm thrilled to have you. Uh, I have plenty more Predator pitches for you, so we'll hang on to those until the end of the show, obviously. I'm in. I'm in. Whatever. I swear to God. They emailed Dark Horse today, and I was like, maybe they want to do a Predator Batman thing. No, they have... Marvel has Predator now, so that's over. Oh, that's right. Over. That's right. Oh, I'm behind the times. I know. Well, and Marvel shelved their Predator book, so... And I know that there's some rights issues, so who knows? Fingers crossed. Oh, we might okay. get it back. So this is going to be the Predator Batman podcast. We're I, gonna put I, I promise together. we will not. I just, I, it's it, this this conversation. I think it's like two episodes removed now has currency in my life. Where like, because every <laughs> once in a while we'll talk about like how cool it was. I pitched my my Predator uh, ongoing TV series to a buddy of mine who works in the industry, and he was like, he was the first one to go. That is the coolest idea. I'm like, see, you know who doesn't like it? Tom King. He thinks that Predator on a pirate ship is stupid, and it just kills me and i'm like it's on a pirate ship it's a bottle episode do you understand how cool this is because <laughs> you've got all the and it's closed end and you could use where the, would he go what would he they go below just... deck they, that, that's the thing is it all it's all contained where do they go indeed that's the challenge that's the that's the thing is writing works when you have constrictions man you know how it is just give him a beard and it's only 35 minutes long that's all i'm asking man <laughs> He's only looking for the one guy. <laughs> anyway, uh, but you—that's uh, <laughs> only one episode. Uh, but no, uh, seriously, uh, you have so many things in the air, so many things g- coming out. Obviously, everybody's talking about the Substack thing. We will get there. Uh, congratulations! This is your first creator-owned book, which my like, first, yes, the first like, thing I've owned. Yes. Yeah, that you own. That's right, uh, because. Everything else you've made, although you could argue some of those stories are very much like kind of their own thing and from the ground up, Sheriff Babylon. Uh, yeah. This is like, this is breaking out of that into like building a world from the ground up. Uh, I will ask you a genuine interviewer question and then we'll move on to like an actual <laughs> genuine conversation. But like for you, like what are, what are some of your challenges of writing like in an established world versus when you're actually building like from start to finish, like something that you don't have any context for, like where do you even get your bearings for something like that? You know, the, this is this, I'm going to give you my actual honest answer instead of cool. a bullshit answer. So I apologize for that. The number <laughs> one thing I have to deal with is a, a guilt. Um, I, I, this is a very strange thing, but when I'm, when, when someone assigns me something and I'm just like, you know, here is a piece of coal, polish it until it becomes a diamond. And you're right. kind of like, that's my assignment. And I just need to work as hard as I can on this thing. Right. Um, someone says like, Vision, you know, is dead, been dead, do something. That's fine. When I'm writing a creator owned, constantly in the back of my mind is like, Tom, you have chosen this. This is, you didn't pick up a piece. Someone didn't give you this piece of coal. You looked over the entire earth and said, I just want that piece of coal. You, yeah. you ignored all the other diamonds and said, I'm going to work. And and so you're, you're, my mind is constantly like, is this the best thing I can possibly make 
in the whole world. Everything is open to me. Every story. I could do a fantasy story. I could do a future story. I could do a rocket ship. I could do a pirate ship. Uh, with with I could you do a stand-in for Predator and a pirate ship and totally rip off your idea. <laughs> if you did, I'd actually be I'd appreciate it because my pirate ship idea is never going to get done. So someone might as well take it. But so, uh, yeah, that that's honestly is, is the hardest part is, is I'm always it's writing just... with kind of an eye towards is this the best thing I can do, um, which can be something that paralyzes you if, totally. you if you're constantly sort of it's a challenge to overcome. I mean, that's why I, Comics are, are they're usually not paralyzing because usually there's an editor at the end of it who's like, get the script in on this time, yeah. you know, do this. And, and that's what kind of keeps you on track. And if you don't have those sort of borders around you, it's kind of harder to push forward. Yeah. Well, despite the fact that it is like kind of scary and now you have like no guilt associated with it, or maybe the guilt is that, yeah, I have to kind of like choose and pick your darlings. You've done it. It's here. It's free. Yes. I'm sure tons of people have read it already have you gotten the bug are you like because so many creators who work within established universes once they do their first like creator owned their first universe they've built themselves they go screw every other universe i just want to play in my playground from now on like has this given you the bug to be like all right well i've done it it's it, it worked it's and it's you know the collaboration is impeccable as it often is and i actually should have asked you off camera instead i gushed about predator but how about can you please help me understand uh, can you pr pronounce your art uh, your art collaborator's name on love everlasting is it chartier elsa chartier chartier thank you yes. okay i i, I, she I has a youtube channel i could just watch that which i have and it's amazing but she never says like this is my name <laughs> i took nine years of french i took french in uh junior high I took French all through high school and I took French all through my fucking college. Wow. And cannot speak a goddamn word. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thankfully, I, I, yeah, I only took Spanish and uh, I, but when I do get the chance to say French, I love it. French is such a great language and I never get to say it, but or I never get to use it, but uh, you it's know, the bane of my existence it was the class I least liked. Now we're so far off topic talking about French. Eh. Yeah, oh, conjugating all those verbs and all those tenses, and I, can, I you know, I forget. I remember all... what was feminine, masculine, every single freaking word. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, <sighs> but but uh, getting a chance to work with, uh, not I mean, getting a chance, but like you both get a chance to work with each other. But Chartier, uh, her art is phenomenal. So I can imagine that also gives you a chance to be like, dude, wh where where else can I go with this? What else can I do? Do you feel oh. that way, or are you just kind of like focused on this one thing right now? Uh, I mean, I'm uh, I'm at a hundred percent. I, I, I won't lie to you, the day before Love Everlasting was to hit, I had this kind of drop in my stomach being like, because this is a book that's not like any other book. You know, it's not like I'm like, okay, here's um, just another saga. You know, it's another uh, uh, two people in the future and dealing with problems or, or here's yeah. another... Uh, Subversive uh, take on the industry, yeah, yeah, like, or like um, uh, uh, I'm just gonna use Brian Kevon books. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's not like a bunch of teenagers in an '80s movie. It's right. It's this is something like uh, I'm using old romance comics to tell kind of a sci-fi horror story. Yeah, uh, which you buried the lead on really well because all you did was plug old romance stories and talk about how much you loved old pulpy romance comics and how like that was the industry for a good long time. And how they kind of fell by the wayside. And then you read it and you're halfway through. And I'm like, and, and I'll be honest with you. I, I'm reading the book and I'm like, okay, yeah, he's really, I mean, he's delivering. Like this is, it feels like pulpy, old, like classic, uh, ideal, idyllic versions of those books. And I'm just about to go like, all right, well, here we go. And then 
boom. And that's like that's that's a testament to you as a writer, but like right at that turn, we hit the we hit the the hook. And and it's oh okay, it's not just like it's not trouble again. It's it's not like some attempt at bringing romance comics back. It's also got this 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 science fiction horror element to it, which I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, it was tough to hold back. I had many yeah. because it's one of those things where there's a big there's a twist in the issue. And now I'm I'm willing to totally talk about it. When I first launched, it, I wanted people to be like, oh sure, oh KG. this is this is yeah. nice and sweet, so that when they got to the sort of the sour and and mean and and, and the twist at the end, uh, they would be surprised. So yeah, yeah it was. But, but the idea that uh, I mean, not, nothing on the shelf looks like this. A lot a lot of people draw like Elsa does, which is to channel this sort of Darwin Cook, yeah, Mad Men, um, idyllic comics. I mean. Uh, I, she reminds people I've worked with. She reminds me a lot of, of Doc Shaner, you know. I mean, yeah. It's not the same style, but it's it's the idea that like it's both modern and nostalgic at the same right. time. Yes. In sort yeah. of a beautiful way, um, and uh, and and then and it's perfect for this book, which is both which hits you with a nostalgia and then pops you in the face with with uh, with modern. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I was very at the last second. I was like, why did I do this? I should have done you know. I don't know, like a pitch where it's World War II and they go fight demons, like something easy, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but but it's worked out. I mean, people have gone apeshit over the first issue, and I'm so excited about that. And yeah. uh, I mean, it does help that it's free. And the second, we got way ahead. So the first arc is done. The first five issues will come out oh, on shit. time and and for free. That's awesome. Um, uh, on the Substack, go to my Twitter page just to plug it. Uh, yeah, I'll put it in the description. Tweet. Yeah, all right that there. stuff. Um, so yeah, so if you want, it's it's totally free. All you do is you go in, you put in your email, you click a thing, and there's no in-app purchases or spam or any of that crap. You just get a free comic. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, and and yeah, and it's it's. I couldn't be more proud of it. I mean, I'm, I I just think this is just it's it's wonderful. The idea is cool. It's fun to do. Uh, but you be asking, am I addicted to it? Because it's a really good question. Because this, you know. I, I talked to like Brubaker and Vaughn and they were just like, not, not screaming at me, but being like, Tom, what the hell are you doing with your career? Right. <laughs> like F the big two. Like, why are we, why are you even dealing with it at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Where they were just like, it's so much more fun to play with your own toys and you yes. get to keep them for the rest of your life. And this is a very tough industry. And, and eventually these big companies, AT&T and Disney, are trillion dollar companies and eventually they, they won't need you and you need to sort of build your own empire. Yeah. Um, which is true of every single freelancer. Uh, and, and they were just, and I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, I, I trying this and doing it for the first time, it was freeing. It was brilliant. And, and it, it did sort of feel like walls were collapsing in front of me as I wrote, this was such an easy comic to write because I was like, Oh, this is something I couldn't do at DC. This is something very, I can be a little more bizarre, a little more odd, a little more, I can take more risks than I can yeah. with other books. Although I, that said, I'm at a place in DC where they let me, they give me so much freedom to do so many cool things. I'm not, it's, it's. Yeah. It's you're not, not rag. You're not dunking on DC. You're just saying like it, at this point, cause I, I'm sure you hold yourself to a standard or an expectation where you're like, you know, I can go nuts, but like, I probably shouldn't go too nuts. I don't want to give my like editor an aneurysm, you know? So <laughs> with this case, you're like, I am the editor. Like who cares? I mean, you did bring your own editor into this though. Uh, there's no El Elsa and I are the editors of this book. No we, shit. <laughs> we are doing it. We are we are you know hiring is the wrong way, but we, you know we were the ones who chose the colorist and chose the letter and chose the proofreader. 
Wow, that's and, fun. Is that is that uh, your first experience doing like doing the editor job, like being the the, the curator of the book? It is, yes, and it's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not because of the not because of the big things and making the big decisions. It's not hard for me to be like, I want to work with Clayton Kells. I work with him every single other book, and it's not hard yeah. for also to be like, I work with Matt Hollingsworth because he's brilliant and he colors beautifully. Um, the hard part is just like, you know, like the day Frankly. before. The wrangling and the, the day before it went on we, i looked at the cover i was like we forgot to put a number on this cover we forgot to put... <laughs> like I, I never have you know i've been where at dc like a decade i've never been like oh you forgot to put it you forgot to put a number of batman issue this is no that's, that's true that yeah. is, that's never come up they they always <laughs> handle that part for me so sure uh, all, all of that stuff has been difficult and the weirdness of like you know like matt's a british guy who lives in romania and elsa is french and, and clayton and i are, are in america and trying to figure out the finances on that and our oh, my, sure. account, my accountant's like what are you doing <laughs> um so yeah it's 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 complicated but it's 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 ultimately rewarding for just what you said which is like you get to create something that that's beautiful and, and right from your gut now did this come from you having this germ of an idea or was this Substack came to you they're like here's a bunch of money make a book and you were like what do i got no, so I, Elsa and I were already prepping the book before Substack. No kidding. That's not crazy. existed, but before it went into comics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were we were prepping it as an indie title. Um, and so the, so the idea, I think the first issue was almost done by the time Substack came to us. Oh, that's awesome. That's why Substack came to us. And like, I think, I think a lot of people are launching. They're like, this is what the plan is. Here's some initial sketches, which right. is understandable. If Substack's like, okay, we want you to launch, you know, here's a bunch of money, make some comics. Like, it's going to yeah. take time to make comics. It takes that's time. right. That's right. They came to us. They're like, they're like, here's a bunch of money. And we're like, we've already made a comic. We could launch day one with a comic. And they're yeah. like, that's one. So we're the first people to be like, here's our launch. Here's our full book. And next month you get another book. Yeah. And next month you get a book after that. So we were lucky to be in that. It was kind of kids, kismet that sort of to be exactly in the right place at the right time That's where awesome. we could launch this book together um yeah, yeah. i know that uh on, on on the comic side because like digital is everyone has been talking about digital's future for like i think a decade and it still isn't but it's still pretty great and i know a lot of folks are <laughs> like i mean it's great but like you know you look at the numbers and it's just like print still print still selling better and digital is not the future digital is the now and it's kind it's of happening. it's happening it's it's peaked i know i know by it's it is what it is. It's right. not gonna. It's not gonna yeah. take over print at this, at least for the next twenty years. Would be no, like exactly. This. Like it's it, yeah. If it was going to, it would have already. Like we've yes. already been, we've been living in it. Uh, and uh, so there are some folks who are looking forward to seeing this book, but like they can't abide. They they can't read a print book like, or a digital book. They just can't. Uh, it will be available in print at some point. Yes, at some point it will be in comic book stores available for people to read, of course. Uh, but uh, when you want to read it, uh, it's free and available and you can read it through a PDF or uh, what is it? C R. So I had to figure this out because I'm an old man. It's CBR. CBR, thank you. And what uh, that basically means is if you have any app or something for reading comics and there's a yeah. bunch of free ones on on the app, on the app store, yeah. it'll, it'll just automatically go into that and you can read it through that app. Okay, great. Uh, man, yeah, this I, I haven't seen that file name. I know people are talking about it, but way back in the day. Like, I remember um, Marvel when they were trying anything, you know, when motion comics were a thing that you can get on a DVD. <laughs> I remember that. When yeah. Bendis was writing them with Alex Money. And they had voice actors playing. And they had voice actors playing Spider-Woman, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, yeah, I was like, I remember watching it and being like, 
this ain't the future. Like, <laughs> like money was slowly spent. descending. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's it, what's funny is it actually wound up becoming the free comic book trailer on YouTube. Like that's the format that that became. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I remember Marvel put out every issue of amazing Spider-Man for like, I think you get like a, like a CD for five, for like five to $10. And they were like every issue of amazing Spider-Man. And they were, that, yeah. And on, yeah, there were CBR CD. files. And I was like, is this like legal? Is this real? And it's like, yeah, no, Marvel was just so desperate. <laughs> They're like, let's just, here's, here's literally 500 issues of Amazing Spider-Man. And I'm like, purchased. Uh, but yeah, those files are, they're still using that file type, like from 2001. <laughs> A great example of being your own editor. Today, I literally learned this today. And so I was like, the CBR file is not working. Now it's like, they're only doing this on CBR comic book resources. And they're like, Tom, <laughs> Yeah, um, you are old and dumb. You need to catch up with life. I'll, I'll be honest. Like when people, because I remember there were also like CRZ or CLZ files. They were like something else. But I remember when they called them CBR, I was like, did CBR like facilitate their production or something? Like I, I also thought there was a connection with CBR. So don't don't feel too bad, or I should feel bad. But like, I, I, I just I'm I'm I, like when everyone went on Substack, I I'm gonna admit to you, like I did not subscribe to people. It seems very weird to me. I do like to read physical comics. Yeah. Um, so I want to say this to people who are kind of hesitant. On the fence. Yeah, yeah. It, like I was like, oh, I don't want to go to a website and give them my email. It's, it's they're going to steal from me, and it's a whole <laughs> yeah. thing. And I was I was exactly there. Um, I I did you know I was starting this, so then I had to subscribe. So it's, it's super easy, and it's not it's it's not at all intimidating. And you there's a literally you you put your email address. There's a button you click, and there's another button that says, "Do you want a PDF?" Where they just give you a PDF, or you can get a CBR file, and that's it. It's three buttons, and suddenly no. the comic appears. It's, it's not an intimidating process, and I'm I'm an old fart. Um, I remember my grandmother had rotary phones. I can still remember how much my fingers hurt doing that. That's how fucking <laughs> old I am. Yeah. So uh, it, you, it, if I can do it, you can do it. No, it's it's super easy. Uh, barely an inconvenience. I remember. Uh, yeah, it's it, and it's and it's fun. It gets you get to be part of the process. If uh, you know, folks out there or who are wondering, it what what's it like getting a, a comp? comic book from a from a real like world famous comic book publisher uh it's just like it you get a pdf and you get to scroll and read the comic book the difference is there's no big ugly watermark on it that'll ruin your career if you let it get leaked uh, that's so true you can just read it on your pdf it's great uh but no and that's one of those things you talked about like uh you, you alluded to the idea of it there, there being like virtually like there's only three steps and it's like you need if you want to get people to read comic books at all you need to remove every barrier to entry that there exists because even just the simple matter of like i have a comic book read it 90 percent of your audience will say fuck you and so you my, need to... my father won't read a comic book <laughs> no he kidding. looks at them he's like i just don't understand how this works i was Let like i'm play. your son <laughs> Let me explain to you. Will Eisner says that everyone knows how to read comic books. Here's right. No, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But no, yeah, no, I, 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 you're, you're right. It is very hard. I mean, like to this day, I I have trouble reading Comicsology because the idea that I have to go on my computer and buy it there and then download it on my iPad. Yeah. I like I, like back in the day when you had the DC app and the Marvel app, you just pressed the button and you had a comic book. Yeah. Even to that one little step of being like, all right, I'll go. Make, oh, no, no. Now I'm all distracted by Twitter and YouTube. And I'm just like, I can't right. Yeah. Oh, no. Three steps to my computer because I'm that lazy. Exactly. Yeah. It, um, it ain't like it used to be where the only competition was stickball and uh, 
Oh, and the war, you know, but... Uh... No, the war helped, right? <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, no, actually, the war was better because there was a lot of downtime. There was uh, a lot of downtime. And sometimes you got a free Sergeant Rock book. Because then they, did, they couldn't play stickball. They had all the guns on them. They're like, oh, I can't play stickball. Yeah. Comics. You're stuck in a foxhole. What are you going to do? Read Sergeant Rock. That's it. Finally got rid of the whole stickball competition. We were fucking winning the win. Four million. Every Captain America was four million sold. That's right. Four million. Yeah, the comic book industry never sold better than it did in World War II. Uh, but no, eliminating the barrier to entry is so important. And uh, like I talk about it all the time, like the, the the removal of like cultural stigma of comics, because like that's the barrier to entry. And just like we got it, we got to start like breaking down barriers, and like we need to do it even within our own industry, like within within comics. Like people are like, eh, you know, like. Okay, so like, <laughs> uh, I remember I I'm I'm old in a different way where I remember being a Star Wars fan, and that's what like created a whole bunch of friends. Like, right? Like people were like, "Oh, I like Star Wars. I like Star Wars yeah. too." What's your favorite one? And we had different ones, and it didn't make us like hate each other. But now it's like tribalism and uh, you know compartmentalization, decentralization of media has like made everybody be like, "Well, if you don't like Empire Strikes Back, I'll just go over to this community, and I've curated an entire Empire Strikes Back community." Like comic books used to be, oh, you read comics, which ones? And now we're part of a community. But now it's like, oh, when, when we release a video about Marvel, they're like, I only watch DC videos. Sorry. I'm like, what? you like the show, but you only watch the ones with DC. There's 50% of other, of other books uh, or other shows. Uh, so we need to start like breaking down barriers and being like, yo, uh, try it, like try it. And, and it takes no effort. Click through to click two buttons, read this free comic that's new and interesting and, and innovative. And from the guy you like who did Supergirl and, and Batman, if, if you know, if you I, like I, I can't relate more to this when I was 13 years old and it's good because it's the 30 year anniversary. Oh God. So I just gave away my entire age. Yeah. <laughs> image came out, right? Yeah. And I was a Marvel DC guy. I was, you know, I spent my allowance. I was, I lived my life in comics as a kid. Yeah. And image came out and I was like, Oh no, no, no. I don't read indie comics. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Image. That was the least indie thing that ever happened. It was like, just, you know, it was like big action. Yeah. The guys I loved at Marvel, even they could not drag me over because yeah. I was like, I am a Marvel and DC guy. That's just, <laughs> there's no, these heroes have no history. Why would I ever think of picking them up? Of course. Um, yeah, I know. I, I, I totally understand. And yeah, it, it, it's, it is a barrier, but it can be overcome. Saga sells a ton. That's what I'm um, saying. Yeah. No, it's true. Uh, it's true. And, and I mean, and, I mean, that's the ironic thing about comics that comic book creators, ever since I got in, it's the same conversation over and over again, which is like, we need to create more diverse comics. That's how we bring people outside of comics in. And then, oh, and then someone okay. says, but if we create more diverse comics and the people who are already in are not happy and we lose yeah. them. And then yeah. it's like, it's this sort of endless funging of those two dynamic kind of forces. Yeah. And, and there's, there's, you know, there's no proper answer for that, no. but it's just, it's an endless argument. I was just talking internally with a couple of my uh, colleagues about it. And uh, we were talking about how I was reading. I, I have a whole wizard magazine collection. Cause I was a kid who read comics uh, and that was my life. I blood. loved wizard magazine, right? Wizard was the best yeah. except for how terrible it was, but I loved wizard. It, Cause it felt like it was a community that I was a part of that. Like, cause nobody else I knew read comics. So it's like, Oh, here's people same, who get it. Same. Right. And they make the jokes and I'm like, Oh, you can like make like, you know, cultural references but to really niche stuff like captain america you know but, but uh i'm reading a wizard and i'm reading like interviews with creators and it's just like this book is 30 years old and people are talking about how they have to get these new readers we got to get these new readers and we got to figure out how we're and i'm like dude 
you've been chasing new readers since like 1975. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you something. Like, they didn't all die. So, like, you are getting new readers. Like, every time that you're chasing these new readers, like, you are just, like, you're just poisoning the well. But at the same time, you do need to diversify. And I feel like today, there are more comics for everybody than ever, right? Like, there's more comics available right now than ever, and also more different comics. So, like, anyone who could be interested in a comic book has one catered to their interests, and, and this is different from like 15 years ago. 15 years ago, you're like, I want to read a zombie book. There's one zombie book well, everybody's here's reading. The one, right? Right? Here's the one, right? Here's the one. Yeah. 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 You want to read a zombie book now? It's like, well, I mean, like, what genre do you want? Do you want like them, like you know, being in love with each other? Do you want like horror? Do you want action? Like, there's any number of of options. You want to read a Batman book? Well, <laughs> I got a few options for you. We have a few Batman's available <laughs> for, for the. For the concerned consumer. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but apropos of the wizard thing, it just reminded me because I was rereading it because I keep them like around because like I liked I liked the community they built, regardless of how you feel about them in hindsight. But well, you know uh, those those guys who ran Wizard went to run DC for the last twenty years. The last the last editor just left. Um, oh, uh, 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 Cunningham. Cotton, yeah, Cunningham. And um, oh, I forget the last the last guy, but the three the three of them were at DC. It was they were kind of like the wizard. Editors. Was really them i had i didn't realize i guess that that makes a lot of sense yeah i'm i'm talking more about the the shamuses and the uh, the uh, you know the others uh what's his name uh pat mccollum and, pat uh, mccollum was at dc so yeah so that, that was the third one i just got there so there it, you was, go. it was pat um uh, mike cotton uh pat mccollum and yeah. uh, and and uh, john cunningham were all there dc to say in, in for the last like 10 years that's it, you know co- cotton just left just recently his last no last wizard guy because I was just thinking about because I was reading the the issue, I think it's issue 50, where like they're doing the tour. And I'm like, God, if only I had, because I live in New Jersey, so I could have driven the two hours to Congress. <laughs> and I'm just like, but I, was, I wasn't I was old enough to drive and no one was going to drive two hours to take me to a, to, to a warehouse, uh, especially because they wouldn't have wanted me in there. Uh, but like, God, I would have loved to have seen it. But you see this and I'm like looking at the the staffers and I'm like, what did they all do? Like, what do you do when you're you eat, breathe and sleep comic books? And it's during the time when like the pre-orders for Gen 13 are two and a half million per issue. Like, what do you do when the bubble bursts and the magazine folds and you like, and all you did for 10 years was talk about like comic books. And I, I guess they all went to go work for DC. went to work for DC, that's right. But, uh, but I can imagine like being a, a, a company that like cr- criticized or the very, or, or took pick- kickbacks from, or at least commented on the industry if like they were welcome in the industry after it fold, like, Hey, uh, yeah. So I talked about like I, I like my magazine dictated how sales were for like certain books of yours. But would you like to give me a job now? Like I can't even imagine that kind of conversation. It worked. It, it did worked. Work. Well, it I worked. can tell you. Uh, but I was and, like, I, and I can, and I can also say it was behind the scenes stuff. I had four or five years ago, uh, DC was like, we want to put out a Wizard magazine. Like it yes. went so far as that, was, and, and they got those Pat guys Mike, those guys and be like do it again but yeah. just for us yeah so i saw it, that it, that was I, because I, they internalized it. it was such a good idea maybe i feel like maybe the magazine wasn't the way to go maybe like a youtube channel but uh <laughs> uh but i where I, were I, you where were you we making my own thing. i was in i was in oh, my in, yeah. i was in the indie space making my own world man good that's point. what i was doing because <laughs> i own it now can you imagine <laughs> no I, I i'd be on i'd be on uh, the street 
But uh, I was reading a wizard and I was reading a, an interview with Jim Lee where he was talking about Gen 13 and he was like, I'm looking at the big two and I'm really sad by how they're trying to like image up their universe. So I wanted to create characters that actually like used spandex and just did superhero stuff again. And I was like, wow. It reminded me of like the Marvel DC rivalry where it was like, uh, you know, Stan being like, well, they, 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 they're saying we're using a lot of word balloons to so pull all the word balloons. It just felt like, you know, art, <laughs> art dictating life and like Jim Lee being like, yeah, it looks like Marvel's trying to copy us. So let's just do what we wanted to do at Marvel over here again. Like, let's just make X-Men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's just do it here. <laughs> so yeah, nothing, nothing could be further from indie than like Wildstorm. <laughs> But see that, so you could accomplish that if you're Jim Lee, because you're like, and then I'll draw the first few issues, and I'll find J. Scott Campbell somewhere. Like that's like the that's... thing. Like yeah, you got Brandon Choi, J. Scott Campbell, and Jim Lee. So it's like, oh yeah, everyone's gonna pre-order this book. Like <laughs> everyone's gonna buy that. So yeah, didn't matter what it was. Um, uh, that being said, I did just pr- pick up the uh, the Gen 13 starting over hardcover edition. I have which... it as well. Well, I I got it for free. So... Well, I I, I got it oh, for five dollars off, but. Uh, I, I did not get it for free. It feels so weird seeing the DC logo in front of this, though. Isn't it bizarre? Just so used to, see, yeah. They've owned Wildstorm for like twenty years now. I know. Longer than Wildstorm existed. I know, but it's still in my blood. I'm still like, no, this is that's not DC, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, really quick, we were talking uh, off mic about uh, Human Target, uh, which I have in my hands because it's probably like the most striking cover in the last couple of years. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that beautiful, guys? I love let, it. Let me know I had nothing to do with that cover. It wasn't like someone's like, hey, Tom, I have some ideas. That was just all from Greg Smallwood, put it all together, Inclu- and all, including the lettering and the... and the, the Like how they how you did the credits. All yeah. that stuff. It's all That's all the brain of Smallwood. This is... When you see it on the rack, you have to buy it. Like, you just go, oh, <laughs> that one. Uh, but this is... Okay, so here's where I lose all my credibility. It's funny, because every time I... We, we built an audience by me being critical of comics and me being critical of creators and not being afraid to be like, hey, this creator like fucked up. Oh, um, you're the best, man. You're the first person who's like, Tom, I don't know about this one, that Batman run. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. it. It's your book. I mean, like, I, no, but I, I knew you were honest and I appreciated true. it. I, well, I was like, you. this thank is you. this dude's this is coming coming from the the gut and the heart. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Well, people get Impressive. pissed because like uh, I, I will have someone on like like you where I was critical of your run, but then there's other stuff that you do, and I'm like, but I, I wouldn't if I just hated their work, I wouldn't want to talk to them and just be like, I hate your stuff and it sucks and you're garbage. Like that's what people expect. And so I know I'm gonna get shit for this, but I don't give a crap because it's so good. I was uh, human target uh, we'll talk about mother books but like because i was talking to my wife about this and she was i i said this and she goes you're really gonna fucking say that you're really gonna say that when supergirl exists you're gonna say that but uh uh human target uh the first issue blew everybody away it was amazing but like by issue four i'm reading this book and i'm like i think this might be like a perfect comic book <laughs> and and i i i it's like how Godfather is like a perfect movie, you know, like, oh, I don't see any flaws except for like when uh, uh, Sonny is punching Carlo and you can see that he's missing him. But like, <laughs> other than that, like, it's one of those things where it's just like everything that they're doing. Like, but... Yeah. But every, everything, everybody's, everybody's like, everything is going exactly the way they want. There's no like weirdness, you know, like I, it, everything about it is working. And, and it's at, like, there's subtlety and like, like when there's a sequence here where uh, where where Chase is looking at um, uh, Ice and Blue Beetle, you can see on his face he's like you. He later says it in the issue, but like you can see on his face what he says later, and I knew what he was gonna say because of the facial expression. And it's just like 
who else, how, where else in comics can you capture that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so, I mean, you wrote it, but like, you know, it's, I was just like, I, I was blown away. And it's only issue four. There's 12 more it's issues. So best it's the like, podcast ever. I want to do this every night. Yeah. Well, this is just for my ego. I'm going to well, beam this well, right to my now. children. Yeah. Um, no, but I'll, genuinely. I'll try to sell my father to read it. I'd <laughs> be like, why? Why? <laughs> why? Why don't get his pictures? It's all, look at all these freaking colors. Forget it. <laughs> but like, what, what attracted you? Like, what? What was it about this where you were like, I want to do, uh, I want a human target. And Dude, I, I have no idea what's going to, can I just tell you how ignorant I am of the, of what is good and what is bad and what's going to work and what's not going to work. Oh no, you never know. Like that's the whole point, right? It's like being creative is like, you just take your shot and just hope it works. You really like when I was, I mean, this is from the beginning. Like when I was doing, uh, uh Omega man, Omega. sheriff and vision. Yeah. Like vision was the, was the last one it was the one i probably thought would go nowhere because it was such a big weird comic and and i had i, I had no faith in that being and, and i walto was not like a known quantity as an artist no. and, and uh even jordy belair was coloring it people didn't know jordy back then that's how no. that's how long it was and then the, like like I thought like, oh, Omega Man, I'm doing nine panel grids. I'm just, I'm watchmending the fuck out of this thing. Yeah. And 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 uh, Omega Man's great. I love it. But it was Vision that took off and became a TV show and stuff. It was like, yeah. like I had no idea that was gonna be, uh, the, be one. the one of of all, of all the stuff I was writing. I I had no idea Human Target would sort of strike that chord and 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 resonate the way it is. It's it's beyond. I I I mean, a lot of uh, so much of it is Greg Smallwood and what he's doing. And he deserves every piece of credit. He, he I mean, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I wrote to him. I, I didn't even know I wanted to do this book until he did the first cover and showed me sort of what he was thinking it would all look like. And I was like, okay, now oh. we can do something super special. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, it, 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 it boggled. I, 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 turning in those scripts, I remember telling my wife, I was like, what am I writing this week? I don't know. <laughs> he's paying me to write this. Like, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, wrote, I wrote a fight scene with the magic bear today where the superhero doesn't take place and said drinks the whole time. Yeah. No. You know, and you're just like, uh, yeah, but yeah, it, 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 it I got, oh, the comic gods, um, shine down on me and smile down on me and, and, and it's, and it's working so far. And yeah. the nice thing is since I wrote it all together. Oh yeah. Um, I, I wrote it, you know, I, I took months, down months off. I sat down with all 12 issues. I don't have to like, like, like the vision was tough because you know like i was writing it as it went so people were like wow this is the best no offense but people were like you know this is really good comics and yeah. i was like crap i still have to write the rest <laughs> I, can, I, can. <laughs> I can't even imagine is that is that daunting where you're like because it's not all done so you're like i hope i i hope i do it like does that make you like rewrite the same page over and over again where you're like oh shit like that's this isn't this isn't great comics like with like they said on that interview or like on that on that write-up like i need to live up to their expectations yeah it, it 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 can be very daunting um uh i i think what keeps you sane is is again the deadlines like, like mr mr miracle hit, hit these chord kind of like it was it was a big deal i was coming out yeah. and i was still writing it but fortunately i was i was so worried about batman at the time because oh, yeah. double ship batman and, and that book sells a ton um so there's a lot of eyes on you that like mr miracle always kind of felt like a break like it's less, less stressful fair in some yeah. ways so so that that kind of took off that sort of eye of sore on oh sure um and yeah and then and in this one where it's already all done i can be like okay because you're always like what was i doing when i was writing that because that's really working i want to should i eat that banana in the morning that i was eating back then like, what, is, <laughs> what was the magical this i can be like okay 
past Tom knew what he was doing. I'll just trust him that this went well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I, that's so nice of you to say about oh, Human no, Target. I, I love that book, and it's um, it's 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 really fun. Again, and Clayton Cowles on the letters, killing it too. Yeah, I I, uh, <clears throat> I want. It's funny because like Black Label, uh, I assume Black Label is more or less incidental to the Human Target. Like Human Target would have been vertigo it would have been it might not have even been anything it might have just been dc if the black label didn't exist but I, I i love this opportunity black label affords i wish well we'll get into that maybe we'll get into that later but like i i may every smaller dc character get this kind of treatment like and i don't mean I, when i said that people are like you want tom king to write every single hero and i'm like absolutely not yeah uh, no, please <laughs> <laughs> like, you know uh but some but like this is an opportunity where you really can showcase because like, you know, I, I don't blame DC for being like Batman sells. How about seven Batman books? And, <laughs> you know, but like, as long as there's this rep, like there's this recognition of like, we have this greater universe, we have all these characters and they're all special and they all have value and maybe not, maybe not gangbuster, but like they, all, most of them have, have value. Brother power, the geek, maybe right. <laughs> not going to translate. <laughs> but, well, you never know. But uh, but if you give him like a like an eight to twelve issue miniseries and it's written by a passionate creator who like gets the character or has a really really solid take on them, then you can elevate them to the point where it's like now they can see the way we see those characters. Like now everyone can view them in that light. Um, it yeah, that's all. Yeah. I, I don't know. No, there's there, there's no character at DC or Marvel that that, that can't be elevated and, and can't you can't tell a great story about. Yeah, as long um, as like they have the the opportunity. Like the thing is, you just got to give them the chance to to be there. Like, you know, you got to publish mean, it. It's just like humans. I mean, you run into any random human, yeah, and who's lived some. You don't even have to have lived any part of your life. If you talk to them long enough, you will find a story in them that's compelling. That's I, I don't think there's any human out there who doesn't have a story that's compelling in them. Whether yeah. it be something happened to them in childhood, something happened yesterday, some job they just took, something they did some huge mistake they made some success maybe they're the most boring person in the world well that's fascinating how does the most boring person in the world go about their day that's very right fun. yeah <laughs> uh, so, so like i, I comic book characters in the exact same way every one of them has some amazing story inside right. of them and yeah. you just and, have to you have to find it well and plus they have a, a flashy costume and a neat power so it's like there's all the work is already half done for you like <laughs> not, not chance he just has not a chance. Tie. no but everybody else has powers around him and that's what's kind of cool true. like the, that look on his face when when ice and beetle are doing their thing and he's just like oh my god <laughs> it's piece, piece piecing it all together and i'm like ah oh. uh the uh i remember being in theater and uh playing drunk people uh, i did before. theater when i was in high school there you go yeah that's that's when i did theater i don't do it community laws but uh <laughs> playing drunk people and everyone always being like you know the cool kids always being like no that's not how a drunk is and your director being like well to be fair that isn't um writing drunk <laughs> writing drunk characters is it tough because like i imagine you have to like less is more because like it's it's very convincing in the book <laughs> like where you know because like you could well chance is always a little bit drunk he's Chances, chances, he's, chance he's, he's, he's gone alcoholic. He's, he's always got a little bit on him. Yeah, no, I'm talking about like Beetle, who can't, Ted Cord, who can't hold it, or or who wants to let go. I'm not sure which which version he is yet, but uh, you know, but 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 Beetle when he's like, oh, booster, and I'm like, oh my god, this is yes, I love it. Uh, but like, how do you know when to be like, uh, is it mostly the artist where it's like, oh, don't draw the bubbles around their head, like. <laughs> 
to, to indicate they're drunk. Uh, it's, I mean, the artist really has to come through with that. Mitch is incredibly good at drawing drunk people. So is Greg. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it has to like live in the dialogue. You have to know when to use your dot, dot, dots and your dashes and, and your, your slurred speech or whatever. And your you slurred speech and on all that stuff. It, you know, it's all that stupid high school theater train we have that really does come in handy because your job as a writer is just to jump in someone's head and, 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 imp- and, and see what they'd say. So yeah. when I'm writing a drunk person, my head is swimming. I feel drunk. You know, that's, <laughs> that's how I'm, and then just what I, I, I write what, what a drunk person would say. I kind of just take on that sort of drunk attitude. That's do like, you, <laughs> do you write uh, linearly or do you just kind of go like, I've got a great scene. I do this scene. I write linearly. Yeah. Front to okay. back page one. I start with page one, panel one and finish with, uh, and, 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 you know, one after another for first issue, second issue, third. Yeah. Issue. yeah. Wow. I, 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 a lot of people, a lot of my writing friends think that's weird. They're like, Oh yeah, if I'm stuck here, I'll just jump forward and do this scene. Yeah. Um, I think that's even perhaps even more common than sort of my, my I method, think it is but, now. Yeah. Uh, uh, my question about that is just because like, yeah, it, do you do your like, do you do the thing where you see like every, every writing tutorial, every writing discussion? It's always like, here's the story circle. Here's the diagram. Do you just, do you just power through a story and like get and find yourself going like, Oh shit, this is happening. Or are you like, I got the beats. You plan that out. And then you, and then you write the script or is it more like, I just let it all come out and then <laughs> fix it later. Uh, I, so, so I, I don't do outlines, not, not to say I don't have outlines, but the only, outline, I keep all the outlines in my head. I don't write down outlines. Okay. Why, um, why don't you, do you want, why? <laughs> uh, um, uh, well, I mean, first of all, some of this is trial and error. Okay. Um, as a writer, that's, that's why writing is hard to teach because it's like, um, so personal. Yeah. It's so personal. It's, it's, I don't know uh, what, 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 what's the equivalent of like, of teaching. So it's, as 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 a guy who's been bigger and and smaller in his life it's like dieting i think that's a very similar thing like um some diets work for some people and some diets don't work and and if you're the kind of person has to write down every calorie that's it if you're the kind of person who has to work out more like like and 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 it gets really annoying when someone's like this is how my diet works and i lost all these pounds why are you eating that thing like this is how my diet fucking works like exactly yeah if i did it your way it just wouldn't work at all for me right um, it's very, that's very similar to what writing's like. It's hard to tell someone I write this way, so it'll work for you. And it's hard when someone tells you the same. So, uh, the way I, I've through trial and error discovered that I produce the best product is I, I plan everything in my head, but I don't write it down. And that way, the shit that's terrible, I forget <laughs> <laughs> the one that, yeah, the stuff that you're just so excited about that works. You've like, well, I got to write this part down. That's funny. Like and, and also that. And I, I was, it's, it's not as big a deal now, but when I first came into comics, I think it was a big deal when a lot of people sort of first started writing for the trade yeah. and you get a lot of writers who'd be like, okay, this issue's not that great because the third issue is going to be, oh, yeah. But like, like this is my filler issue or this is, you know, like I just have, you know, like I, I know where I'm going where I'm going is so great. And so like, I feel like if to me, every time I sit down, I want this comic book to be as good as a comic book. I'm not writing this comic book so issue five will be good. I'm right. writing this comic book so it will be good. Right. Um, if you only have three good issues, make this series three issues. Like that's exactly right. Uh, of so, course, you so have to. Exactly. You kind of have to have a couple eyes before you can just dictate you're you're making three issues. I think. 
You can just say, hey, uh, we're only going to do the good stuff. I, <laughs> it's easier to dictate three issues in 13. So That's fair. Although that's funny because uh, sometimes, regardless of your of your bibliography, they'll go, uh, Supergirl's only going to sell eight issues, so you can't have 12. Uh, so just yeah, do the eight. Do Although I got to tell you, uh, I am I am glad that Supergirl is only eight issues because every issue has been so friggin' good that uh, <laughs> it's like I, I'm t- with with Human Target. I'm like I'm issue four. I'm like fuck. I, I gotta wait like months for this thing to be over uh, and and be like and have the whole story. Supergirl. I'm like wow. Next next issue is over. Like the whole thing is done. And <laughs> yeah, there's one. You have two weeks left before Superman ends. Yay, yay! It's so good. Bill Kazevely's art. And is it came out all on time. It came out monthly for eight issues, which is. I should. Ho- it's only eight time. issues. I should hope so. Yeah. <laughs> oh no 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 no. <laughs> Do you mean now? Uh, yeah. Well, what's Batcat is only twelve issues, and we're in year three. So <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. All right. All right. You got me there. Yeah. Batcat. That's a good book. I, I've been reading it, uh, and I. It's funny because I remember uh, being critical of your Batman run, and I'm like, well, now that it's like outside continuity or not, it, it's a mini series. Like we can delve into it, and so I was like, I gave, I picked it up, and uh, and I, I'm digging it. You know, it's a good book. Um, but yeah, it is taking a while. Uh, that's just, <laughs> which is a shame. Uh, it's it's to a detriment. Do you find that like, because I mean. You know, nobody talks about how about the the great works that were delayed that then become a trade and then become like the best selling works like for thirty years running. Um, yeah, but well, do you f- yeah, people forget that Watchmen the last few issues took months to come out? Right, exactly. But uh, do you find now in today's like streaming binging, highly competitive field that like delays hurt the momentum and you kind of almost never get it back? Because I feel that way sometimes when I'm like reading a book myself or if I'm recommending books and I'm like, oh, shit, it's still not out. Like, oh, well, you know, and, and people are like whenever we talk about plugging a book or, or or a book series that we really enjoy, if there's a delay, like it's just it's just lost because there's something else. I mean, I would make a distinction between a book uh, like Mr. Miracle or Strange Adventures where sort of like the first six or seven come out on time and then the 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 deadlines catch up to the artists yeah and 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 you start getting you know double and like by the end the last two or three are kind of that happened in in mr miracle and that happened in strange adventures yeah and that didn't seem to affect it and and the most important part is that at the end of that you're going to get a trade that has not no compromises on the art right that's Um, i think that's the most important thing right like is is having a finished product that is not like oh like you could tell like this was this they they rushed to get this done or or they needed you know they needed more time yeah i mean i don't think there's anyone who i mean the most famous example of course is um infinity uh, gauntlet yes uh, which you know has half george perez and half ron lim ron lim is no slouch, did a great job yeah but george perez if he had done all four of those i mean that would have been one of the all-time great looking books yeah yeah didn't didn't uh, didn't Perez get poached like halfway through? Didn't he like get yeah, taken by DC after that? Like it, while that was happening? Is that what happened? I don't remember what that was. Well, I know about. that like yeah, I think I think there was a combination of factors, but yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> anyway. um, but yeah, do you, so, do you notice so, in this in today's like highly competitive field that like the delays do hurt the book? Like, do you hear like the whip crack where people are like, "Hey, it got delayed. Like, we might as well not even put out a book now. I mean, like, not in your case, because, like, they're mostly miniseries. So, like, the miniseries, it's like, well, the book's going to end. Like, 
Yeah, no, I've never been on like a like a, an ongoing series where it's hit that problem. I mean, but Backhead is a totally different thing. And 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 uh, I mean, Clay will talk about this publicly. But you know, the, the, the you know, life is hard, and, and, yeah. and things happen, and sometimes art art is late. Um, and when a book's, I mean, we were coming off the moments of Batman. We had all these plans, and 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 that book being like by the time it finishes, I'll be off Batman almost three or four years. You know, it's yeah. like that's that's gonna hurt that book there's just no way and it has and it has three fill-in issues um mm, yeah. so 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 they're, they're, i mean i love that book and, and lord knows the ending is couldn't be huger mm. and and um and, and it sells fantastically and, and yeah and, that's and, true and people adore and i issue 10 comes out next week and i can't the, the art is you you you, you would look, like this is the problem with clay is like you're like oh and then you look at his art and you're like oh he's the best at what he does it's right. worth waiting for yeah um and and so but I, I do think that 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 can be a kill you know we're still waiting for wildcats number two right from yes uh, from jim yeah from, from uh, jim lee from like the first dc yeah man. From the first dc wildcats from like was 2007 that, that yeah i think so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're still waiting for wildcats too man where the hell is that <laughs> so I, 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 yeah i don't think that helped the book to have the eight-year delay for Wildcats. probably not too. Yeah, although you have things like uh, what was it, Spider-Man, Black Cat, the Evil Dead Men do. I think there was a three-year delay between issues, <laughs> uh, between like issues like five and six. Was that yeah. Kevin Smith? That was Kevin Smith. Yeah. yeah, well, that's different. There's there's the Kevin Smith asterisk exception for things. that's fair. Yeah, I remember that interview where he was like, uh, I remember Kevin going to Joe Casada and he's like, Hey, uh, I I found a way we're gonna finish the series, and he's like, Are you gonna go back in time? Like just. <laughs> just so pissed i was like wow yeah like all the goodwill was just burned although that being said the dodsons and uh still looks good like in trade nobody knows nobody remembers the three-year delay nobody Uh, of course dark day returns the last issues were were delayed because frank watchman came out and frank wanted to compete with it and 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 scrapped a lot of his uh, stuff and and redid it did he Uh, really did he scrap stuff he scrapped stuff. He changed the ending and changed what he was doing to make it like a bigger, better, a bigger, cooler story. Do you know what he was going to do before that? Because uh, I'm not familiar with that story, and I love I that book. I don't know what he was going to do. I know it was going to be smaller. Like, like it was. I probably he wasn't going to have Superman in it, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'd uh, love to know that. You should, we should talk. I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask Frank next. Yeah, time. please. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, bring him in. We'll talk about it. Because Frank I, and I had to do a lot of talk with the Rorschach guest appearance, so we were on the phone like every day for a month. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, I have two copies of that hardcover, and I will read it someday. So okay. uh, I can't wait to talk. No, you love that book. You, I remember, I was like, oh, I read the first issue, and I was like, nah. And you're like, read it again. Come on. And I'm like, all right. But uh, and I waited for it to finish, and then I got the hardcover. I'm like, all right, here it is. Let's sit down. And then I just, uh, you know, life. I, I love that book. I could not be more proud of it. I, I, I am happy to sort of have moved on to the next generation of books. Yeah, because that that's like yeah, that are you less phases, right? Less minor key. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's 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 uh, uh, um, uh, strange adventures, which is also very good. Those, I mean, those books are angry. They're they're just there. There's a lot of anger and angst in them, and, and and Human Target and Supergirl have a little bit of hope in them. I, I I'm I'm kind of in a more hopeful mood these days. That's great because uh, you you do you do both very well. You know, I I know that like one of the criticisms of of King books is like, well, here here comes the misery fest. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, he's it's pretty true. pissed. I hope a strong independent woman comes in and helps him out. Uh, but at the same time, uh, your joy is palpable. And uh, like with Supergirl, like, fuck, man, that book is good. Uh, I mean, Evely's art really just like there's just in the last issue when she lands on the pirate ship, which, by the way, apparently nobody has a problem with pirate ships when it happens to Supergirl. 
But uh, that was our space pirate. If you want to put him on a space pirate ship, that's oh, totally where's he different. gonna go anyway? It's still space. It's still open ocean. But uh, <laughs> but when when Supergirl lands on that pirate ship, like I, it's been a long time because I love comics and I like I I, I you know I, I bleed three colors. But like uh, when you, it's been a long time since I've read a comic book and I saw art that made me like that like i it played sound like it when she hits the ground like you could feel the weight like which you that moment of like and it's just there's you know you have a few i'm sure you have a couple of panels in your head where you're like there are moments where you felt that moment or like you felt that like impact or that like just there's some sequence like i know there's like old classic bagley art where i'm like spider-man did this one thing i'll never forget it or like a hand gesture but like in that case that's supergirl landing i'm like this is a next level book uh and uh and that's just that that's all I have to say about that. Just you know, Supergirl's great. But um I wrote that I know book, that I had to write that book in one day. It's a fever dream of a book. No issue, issue seven. Issue, yeah, oh, issue, that, yeah, that issue, issue. issue that, that issue I had to write in one day. Now, uh, why did you have to write it in one day? So issue six, which is my favorite issue of the run, um I turned in the script for it. And this happens not often, but I had a, I had a very I have a very good editor who's he, he's he's sort of hands off, you know. You know, very supportive and everything. Yeah, and I turned in issue six, and and, and he says he's 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 like swinging a miss, like what? you just you just it's not that script you're reading, but it, he's he's like you 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 turn in a script, it just doesn't work. Oh, like, it happens sometimes. Yeah, uh, and at that point, I was sort of ready to start seven, and sort of looking at my you know I'm I'm very strict about my deadlines and and hitting them all. Yeah, and I was like, oh, uh, and I just did the calculations. I was like, okay, I have to write rewrite issues. He's like, how do you want to do this? We could, and he's like, rework. We could re. I was like, no, just tear the whole thing out. I'm gonna rewrite six entirely. Yeah, and and turn it into her, her origin issue, which is what it became. Yeah, and then, but because I was taking up so much time writing issue six, my deadline for issue seven was shrinking and shrinking as I wrote more of issue six mm-hmm. until I had one day to write issue seven. I remember just, I just tell my wife, I was like, I'm going into my office. I am not coming out for 24 hours. <laughs> And when I come out there, we'll be able to finish Supergirl script. Oh my god! <laughs> and like, like I close the door. Like the kids, like don't kids are like, don't bother daddy. You know, like my music is blaring, and Aww. and that that's how issue seven came about. It was that's... a one. I I very I can't think of another example where I had to write like all twenty four pages in a day. That's amazing. But I, yeah, I just no. don't. I, I don't. I don't like missing deadlines. It makes me. Upset. That's really cool. I, that's a good quality to have. I'm sure that's why editors like you. Um, yeah, issue six is the one. My my wife, who is like my like barometer for quality, she was like holy shit uh loved it i did too but she was like that she's like how could you say human target is perfect when supergirl number six came out uh but yes uh issue seven oh yeah this that is comic cool. maker I, I cut out two pages of that book and put them up on my on my uh, daughter's wall number six, or seven. Issue six six yeah there's, there's the part where he says someday you'll be a, a woman and i'll be go- gone but and i'll you'll still be my little girl i cut that out and put it on my daughter's wall just so she mm-hmm. kind of has that with her you know <laughs> yeah She's like, why? Don't take. <laughs> yeah, this is horribly depressing. Yeah, really why depressing. is this on my wall? You're like, you're a king, damn it. That's why. She's like, I read uh, Archie comics, not this BS. <laughs> Archie comics. Um, you know, somewhere, someone at Archie right now is like, really? You, uh. <laughs> Dude, my whole house is Archie. My two youngest read Archie like 24 hours a day. That's all. That, that's their, that's their like go to. Double go-to. digests? The double digests. Yeah, every surface in my house is covered with double digests. That's they are everywhere because that's yeah. like we can't turn on screens, but we don't want to read a book. So Archie, a double digest. That is, yeah, it's like a candy bar. I, uh, yeah, 
I had a friend who didn't read comics, like didn't like them, but he was like, I was like, yeah, I read comics. He's like, lame. Uh, and then I he went over to his house and he has like hundreds of Archie Double Digest <laughs> and Betty and Veronica and Jughead. And I'm like, ah, oh, dude. And he's like, yeah, they, please excuse me. Like, these are fun. These are funny jokes. Uh, what's what's Moose and Midge up to? But uh, <laughs> but I but because those are the only comics and I was like, I lived at his house for like many years, not like literally, but figuratively. Sure. Uh, I read all like so i have like all this working knowledge of like archie lore and every time that like archie showed up in the zeitgeist before like pre-riverdale i was like every time they're like archie's doing a thing i'm like this is ironic right like we're all like in on the joke of what archie is like archie's a joke and we're all just like publishing him for posterity at this point and then i'm like and then i find out like no <laughs> you know it's like turtles fans where it's like you know like i think the turtles are over and like a couple of 40 year old dudes are like oh i'm a slash of tires <laughs> And I'm like, oh, <laughs> apparently we're not done. Uh, but Archie's one of those things where I'm like, no, apparently people are not done with Archie to the point where like, uh, oh God, Afterlife with Archie, dude, um, and Riverdale and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, like, uh, Aguirre Sacasa, like, he's just so into Archie to the point where like, he just, ah, like, I don't know. I was like, what? How can you like Archie that much? Wilson. That's that's a that's a rag on Archie. I I do appreciate him. He's a, he's a great cultural touchstone for a lot of people. But um, yeah, great. Betty or Veronica? Uh, Veronica or Betty? Forever. Let me ask you <laughs> this. Okay, Betty or Veronica? Which one? Which one you pick? Uh, I I'm going Veronica every time. And she's got the what? money. Wow. <laughs> what are you talking about? First of all, you can't put a press in loyalty. I guess. <laughs> no, Ver Veronica has the money. She's got the attitude. Yeah. Yeah, I she'll know, challenge I you. I married a brunette. She's a brunette. Aww. I'm just used to it. That's yeah. fair. I married a Cheryl, so. But anyway. Oh, Because uh, <laughs> I'm Dilton Doily. But uh, in any case. Uh, <laughs> That's deep cut, Dilton Doily. <laughs> well done, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, uh, so we, since we're a big fan of Wizard Magazine, I'm going to throw a couple of old wizard interview questions at you because I thought it'd be funny because oh, I I'm haven't ready. gotten one of these in forever. I'm so ready. here we go. But where am I on the, on, on, on the hot writers list? Oh, on the hot writers? Am I think I you're... I'm, I'm behind Jeff Johns. and uh, No, you're way ahead of Jeff Johns at this point, I think. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think, uh, and, and Hickman is slipping, right? Because like he he left. But once Three Earths, Three Moons comes out, I think that's, you know, everyone's going to ah, lose. Damn you, Hickman. <laughs> He, you know, it's well because you know, wizard they slip, right? So it's like, oh, Hickman slipped down to the number two slot. Yeah, slipped to the number two for this month. Uh, what did he do? Who's hot or not? Um, you know, we'll put you in the brutes and babes uh, <laughs> tutorial. But uh, okay, um, favorite comic book of all time? If you have, uh, um, uh, Flash Fifty Four, the from the from the William Messner Loeb Flash. Oh, that's where he jumps. William, yeah, where he jumps out of a plane. It's 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 a somewhat famous issue if you're a big if you're a big Flash fan. We had to pull William Mesner Loves, the true author of the Max. Love that guy. Wonderful um, guy. Doesn't have an arm. Lost an arm. Lost an arm, and I think was homeless for a while as well. And was homeless for I I he got it when he got his honorary Eisner. Um, they have an, they were underappreciated oh. like, career award. I, I was there for that, and I got to go up and like. No shit, and that's awesome. And he was super cool, and I got to, I and I was literally like, "You wrote my favorite comic of all time." He's like fifty four. I was like, "Ah, I'm a cliche. What do you want?" Oh, that's awesome. He's a guy I like every because I there was a time. Uh, I think people can guess which time it was pre COVID, where uh, I went to a lot of cons. Never saw his name on a marquee. Like never saw him at a con. Yeah. 
And I'm like, dude, you be cleaning up. Go to cons and set yourself up. I hope he's starting to do it now. Um, I hope so, yeah. I've only well, seen that one maybe time. Maybe not now. Just the right? Well, the one time. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Uh, favorite work of your own. You have to give yourself some accolades. What's your favorite work you've ever done? Like, issue or... Yeah, go with, or... go with your favorite single issue, and you can't say Supergirl number six. Because <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it for 20 minutes. Uh, I really like Sheriff of Babylon 5. I like that issue. Why that specific issue? Is it? Uh... It's like a bottle episode of a of a of a of a TV show. It's just um, it's the it's the, oh my god, it's Christopher, the lead character. Yeah, and uh, Sophia. No, no, it's not Sophia. It's it's his. I can't remember the characters, but it's this um, like American kind of cowboyish guy and this very Islamic woman. And they have a conversation by a by a blown out pool about sort of life and terrorism and war, and cool. uh, and yeah, and it, it's it's one of the yeah I like I mean I can name other things that oh I mean, sure Mister Miracle Six I like a lot that's yeah the one, that's the one they, they build the thing right uh, oh yeah where they build the house uh, superpower you'd like to have uh, I, I this question you always have to be like. Um, Besides flight, you know, yeah. No, but like, like you, you have to put altruism to the side. Like the best ah. superpower would be like, I wish I could cure everyone of cancer. Ah, no, 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 no. I mean, right. it's selfish. Like, yeah, no, we gotta like, be selfish in this question. Yeah, uh, I have two answers. Uh, uh, one, when I was a kid, that she's obviously back. But like when magic first came, the um, the Rasputin, yeah, the Rasputin. Her power was she could go to another world. Now, she didn't know it was a demon world, but it became a demon world. She could go to another world, and time didn't pass there, and she could chill out. Yeah. And when she came back, time had not passed. I thought oh. that was just the best. You could just, your homework was late, you wanted to sleep in, you go to this other world, you chill out. Even like you're about to die. All right, I'm going to go in this other world, chill out. I'm not dying for the rest of the time. Like, I just <laughs> thought the fact you could go someplace and stop time for a little while, I, I would love that power. The actual power I, I would like to have. Uh, I would, I would just, as I get older, this is such an old fart fucking answer. But I would, I would like to be able to talk to dead people. I know a few people have had that power. I, just to have a conversation with my grandmother and my mother again. I would, Aww. I would, that, that would, I know that's like a sentimental shit, but no, that, that's nice. That, that's if I, I, I would sacrifice flight or anything just to sit down and talk to my grandma for, for, for an evening. All right, bringing it down. That's fair. That's... <laughs> Sorry, that's fine. No, I think it's because ever since I hit thirty, everything makes me cry. Uh, and, I, <laughs> and that was and that was a while ago. Uh, <clears throat> favorite toy as a kid? GI Joe, hundred percent. Favorite toy as an adult? What what counts as a toy? I I I think GI Joe. <laughs> like my iPhone? Like... No, no, because every you have to have one of these. <laughs> Like my original art collection is that a toy? That's that is like not a toy. That is a collectible. Uh, so it's, yeah. So I don't. I mean, I don't have toys that I get on the floor and make up adventures with. No, anymore. obviously not. But like you know, like I okay. So like I've got like an Iron Giant here. You know, he's pretty sweet. That's a collectible. I'm not seeing the. I play with this. It's open. <laughs> uh well, wait. Where's my um? Oh, of course. Oh, here, here's 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 a click clacky thing that was in my kids' a pen stocking. Yeah. Aww. And I play with this all day long while I'm trying to write, and I just stare at it, and I look at the lights come on. There you go. The lights Perfect. come on when you click it, and they they, they go off. Oh, there's my favorite toy. <laughs> I find that everybody else is like toy distraction. Like I would never buy a fidget spinner, but like when I find them, I'm like, I love this. Oh, yeah. My kids are fidgeters, so I, we constantly have them all over the house because they just love to, they yeah. have to do that kind of. 
Uh, the last time you went trick or treating, you went as. These are wizards' questions, not mine. <laughs> I, I went as the father of young children. <laughs> <laughs> that's a que- that's an answer that would be in the magazine. I'll take it. <laughs> Because I've never seen that answer, and I have a lot of issues with Wizard. Sweet, I need uh, nailed it. Favorite snack? Um, like healthy snack or like nope. actual? Snack? <laughs> a real snack, like you a can real snack. snack? Just, uh, what, what, what do I like? Go, what are my go-to snacks? I like the snacks in my house, but they're not always my favorite snack mm, of all time. Yeah. God damn. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with cinnamon toast crunch. Nice. I, I just pour. I get a mug like this. Pour full cinnamon toast crunch. Oh man, that's the best. Nice. That's a that's, great answer. That's what it means to be a a, 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 a latchkey kid from the '90s. You're gonna eat a lot of cinnamon <laughs> toast crunch in mugs. Damn right. Uh, what's one question you always want to get asked but no one ever does? Shit, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a question. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, How come they never fucking ask me this? People always ask me, what character do you want to do? That's a constant thing. What character do you want to work with? When I first started doing this, I always asked that question. And I yeah, find that, that always annoys the shit out of people, so I don't do that anymore. It doesn't annoy me, but you you, you do get it a lot. Yeah. And, and and as you can see, like I don't give a fuck about what character. I, I just want... Uh, so I think a better question is, what artist or what team do you want to work with? I always mm. think that would... Like if someone's going to ask me, like, build, build a... Build a team to yeah. work with now. Or what artists haven't you? If you had this artist, what would you do with it? That 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 that's I like actually, that. That's actually what I what I think as a writer. That's that's a much more nice of, uh, uh, writer question. All right, yeah. Well, then do that. Build a team. What do you got? <laughs> that's my question. Then all right, I like that. <laughs> it might work for me. Thank you. What? All right. Let me ask you this. Let me throw this at you. You get Bill Sinkevich. What book do you do? I mean, the first thing that popped in my head was Moon Knight. Um, yeah. uh, in this theoretical where I go to work with Marvel. Oh, sure. Which, um, you know. Yeah. Uh, Moon Knight. Um, the Question, maybe if I was at DC. Oh, yeah. Those, 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 I'd probably go something street level, but an insane street level character. Totally. Yeah. A street level character who was going crazy. Yeah. Is there an artist working today you've never worked with that you were like, I got to gobble them up. I got to get them at some point someday i'm gonna get you oh yeah there's a bunch they're all fucking <laughs> well enough for, they won't always be <laughs> i mean we, uh i mean I, so i i started out uh one of my fandoms when i was breaking in a comic was this thing called twart um twart. it was it was a twitter twitter plus art twart <laughs> when twitter just started it was a bunch of artists who were like we're just gonna post our thing we can't break into comics uh, we're just a bunch of guys who met at conventions and we're going to post on Twitter once a week. Cool. And, um, and the, the guys on, on, on this twart thing who were all unknowns at the time, uh, were, were Mitch Garrett's doc Shaner, um, Somni, Tom Fowler, Ron yeah. Salas, um, Gabriel Hardman, uh, Nathan Fairborn, Nathan Fairborn, is that right? No, that's the colorist. Yeah. But anyways, um, but but so I've I was a big fan of them and went to their blog every week to see what they're sort of doing. And I really thought they were cutting edge. And I've worked with most of them, but I haven't worked with Gabe Hardman. I haven't worked with Chris Tommy. So I'd love to work with either of those people. They both write for themselves now. They don't yeah. want writers. <laughs> so I don't think I'll ever be able to do it. Fair. All right. Now well, you never know. They might be like, I don't feel like coming up with an with an idea. Yeah, throw me a script. I'll do that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um 
Yeah, I had one more question. It was ready to go, but I was like, ah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I lost because I just imagined a, a, a King Somni book, and I was like, no, oh, man. Oh, yeah, I that. would love to work. I waited in line once for two hours to get a Somni sketch. And no, no offense to him, but like it was one of those things where like you show up every day and you're like, "Hey, did you get to my sketch?" And he's like, "Oh, no, 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 tomorrow, tomorrow." And, and then you, know, you you show up Sunday night and you're like, mm, "Sorry," and you're like, ah. <laughs> "Yeah, I've I've been there." And you already um, budgeted for it. And you're like, "I would have spent that five hundred dollars on this other thing I wanted." Now I just now I'm leaving con with money. With no, yeah, with you, money. What am I? You doing? don't want to leave a con with money. <laughs> no, that's a failure. That. That happens to me every time I go to Toy Con because like there's this there's this great con Toy Con I don't want to plug for them because they don't give me any money but whatever uh, hey give them some money Toy Con right come on uh, but they uh it's it's an amazing show because it's like all these vendors in one place and they got all these fucking toys that I that like I don't know I, we're similar aged did you ever have dreams of doing the Toys R Us run oh yeah. Okay, so like, yeah, where you like Shangri La when I was a child. Same, yeah. My parents did not want to take me there, and when they 100%. did, they regretted it immediately. Uh, when I had young children, Toys R Us was still my, yeah, my, still, a my still a thing, and I would just take them to toy like because I was a, I was a stay at home dad when I first became a writer, and yeah. I'd be like, "What are we gonna do today? It's fucking cold outside. It was you know there wasn't COVID. I was like, let's go to Toys R Us for a day, just wander the halls, just have at it, yeah, and I'll get you a little like." you know five dollar toys you leave with something you don't cry and we'll exactly. just have fun <laughs> yeah yeah no, man. No. but uh but i've always had these visions of like grabbing every x-men or, or or any action figure off the shelf and just filling it with my you know filling up the basket and then i wake up and think i put them in the closet and they weren't there but oh, uh toy con is like definitely had that dream yeah yeah and toy con is like having that but without all the baggage of having all those toys anymore so you just see them and every time a toy con i go to the atm i grab a shitload of money and then i leave with that money i never buy anything and i just because i and i i think it's just i like the idea of it all being there and still existing but i don't <laughs> need it and that's the only con where I, I'm, I'm like, I left with all my money and I'm okay with that. But if I leave New York Comic Con or Baltimore with no, with all, with, with, with money, I failed. Like I screwed up. When my daughter was a little younger, she's 12 now. And it's so sad. She's sort of transitioning where she's like, I don't want to play with toys. I'd rather read books. You know, she's kind of like doing that, which is natural, but sad. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but between the ages of five and 11, she loved superhero toys. That was her major thing. And so I would go to cons and I'd be like, okay, I've signed to them. And I would, I would spend every single con scouring the floor for different superhero toys. And I would, I would basically make money at my table and then buy superhero toys with them. So my, <laughs> my basement is co like, I mean like buckets and buckets of, I think I have more superheroes than anyone on earth. Cause I've just gone, I've gotten like the really weird ones that are only available in some uh, bizarre Cleveland con that I went to in 2013 or something. So nice. Yeah. I, I spent, I spent way too much time going through, uh, toy bins and cons yeah uh going back because okay we're doing we're talking about comic book fans you are a comic book fan is there an yeah. event that is there an event out there that happened where you're like i could probably fix that like i would like to i have like another shot at that story not me not like that you wrote but one that you're like i'd like i'd like a chance to do it again like to do to try that one like for me, I'd like to redo Maximum Carnage. You know, one of those. <laughs> like, I feel like that's a there's a great idea in there, and it's like if Demetrius wrote the whole damn thing, it would have been awesome. I just I wish it was, uh, you know, maybe keep it keep it trim. You know, something like that, where it's like, wow, go back and redo an event. Yeah, just uh. do another event. This uh, this is so geeky, and I'm sorry. I will move on. I'll 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 wrap up pretty soon. But uh, it's hard. I have to ask. Like I have. 
I'm friends with most of the people that have written the events over the last 20 years. That's fair. So yeah. I, I don't want to go in and be like, I could probably do it better. Yeah. Yeah. No. Dude, I would have fucking uh, uh, totally done. Uh, I, I, I think. Um, uh, see, <laughs> so when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I, I loved event books and I would buy them in the past. So I'd be like, wow, this Secret War is awesome. So I bought the whole thing. I was like, Secret War 2? Holy crap. So I bought, <laughs> all, I bought all of Secret War 2. And that that's a terrible book. Um, and it, and it's 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 a very psychological book because it's about Jim Shooter. You know, Jim Shooter, I think, very much pictured himself as the Beyonder. And 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 sort, like up to yeah. the point like he like wears leisure suits. But yeah, but the idea that I I, I think I, I could do that book again where, where a being of infinite power comes down to an earth filled of superheroes yes i i feel and, and walks among them yeah um i i think I, I could do something with that concept i i, I completely agree if you if you ever watch any of our episodes we did secret wars too it's one of our most popular ones of the year and <laughs> it's and I, I don't know what made me do it but i was like let's do this and it is i'm like I'd watch two people who've never heard of this book and have never experienced it before. And like when each turn happens, he's eating glass and like, <laughs> it's like everything about it. They're just like, what is happening? And I'm like, if you, if you like the show, I promise you, you will enjoy this one, but it's secret wars too. And I, I went to Jim shooter at Baltimore comic-con and I was like, I brought, I brought secret wars number two, number one. I'm like, Hey, and he's like 30 bucks. And I'm like, nice to meet you. And I just kept going. <laughs> I got to talk to Jim Shooter. Was it this year, Baltimore? Yeah, it was this year, Baltimore. Yeah. I, I got to talk to him. We sat down for like half an hour. It That's was awesome. It, he, I, he is it, so interesting. <laughs> no, if I was like wanted to pick one figure in the entire history of comics to make a documentary about and be like, here is the life of a person, yeah. I would pick Jim Shooter. I mean, the, the kid was at, at 13 years old, he was supporting his family writing comics. And yeah. they didn't know he was 13. Right. They thought he was an 18 year old dude sending in scripts. Yeah. They just, when he arrived at the office, they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't told, tell anybody. He told yeah. me this story. I, I, I was talking about it. He's, he's like, yeah, they, they called my house and like, you got to come in for a story meeting. I was like, hey, let me ask my mom. And they're like, what? <laughs> why do you have to ask your mother? Right. Well, she said, she's got to drive me. Like, <laughs> I can't leave the house after 5 p.m. Yeah. That's and then amazing. he washed out of comics and then because because he went really he worked from horse wisinger who was like the meanest person in the world was mm -hmm. editor of dc and so much that but like destroyed his soul and he became like a waiter and then he found his way back into marvel became stanley's top assistant took over the company made it more successful than it has ever been yeah and then crashed and burned there yeah and then started another comic book company that was a huge success Valley. yep yep and all the while you know he's seven feet tall right <laughs> yeah no he's he is intimidating even now. Uh, yeah. Then he did Define and Marvel fucked him over that. Like, it's a really cool, like, he has a it's, great, yeah, he has got an amazing story. Yeah, just going from, like, 13-year-old guy to taking over an industry to falling out of the industry. It's, there's some, like, Shakespearean drama. That's, why are we on the topic of Jim Shooter? Oh, because he were, and he wrote Secret Wars 2, the one of the and worst in the meantime, <laughs> In the meantime, he would come into books and write, and he'd always write the same story. It was all about a person of infinite powers who was misunderstood yeah. and, and should have been treated better. It was like, <laughs> That's what the Korvac saga is. It's the oh same. Oh my story, god! Right? That oh shit. Well, you've you've poisoned the well of Jim Shooter books for me now. Now I'm always gonna be like, oh, that's just Jim Shooter. Yeah, because I'm just. Oh my god! I'm putting it all together now. All the pieces are falling into place. It's like the end of the usual suspects. Uh, so, um, love everlasting. Love everlasting 
is free. You can get it. Utterly free. It's not. It's just a free once. It the the first first the whole five book. issues at least are free. Yeah. The, you her, sign the up for this free issue. We send you the next one in a month. Oh, that's cool. You don't have to. So you don't have to. You only have to sign up the one time, and you will get an email that just has a thing. Click it. Once a month, you'll get an email. Yeah, you only have to sign up one time, and 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 you get you once a month, you'll get an email, and you'll get a newsletter from me, which is like, hey, I have this book coming out. That's. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask another question, but you know what? That's a good segue for us to wrap up. I think people have had <laughs> enough of, uh, of of me just laughing at, you, at, <laughs> at this bullshit. No, so, uh, but no, I appreciate it. it it's if you need it, I, like I'm not getting paid, and you know, Tom doesn't have to be here. My, my I, I did subscribe to this thing. I, I did a whole video where I was very critical. Well, not critical. I I questioned. I talk about Substack, and I'm like, hey. And people are like, you're shilling for Substack now? I'm like, no. Uh, it's where you can get a free Tom King series. And it costs me nothing. And it and I'm not going to sell my... I have assurances from this guy. I'm not going to... They're not going to sell my email address. So I signed up for it. I have the book. It's You can have it too. It's for free. And it's and it's dope. Like, if you Substack, want... I should say this behind the scenes. But Substack doesn't even own your... Get your it's not like you gave it to Substack. You just gave it to me. Right. Like, no, it goes to you directly. And... Yeah, and and they don't even own they don't own the book they don't own you. they don't own the book they don't own email they they don't get they're just a website they're, yeah yeah it's, it's a, a facilitator of of, yeah. of your content yeah uh is this the next step do, do you love this so much you're like I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna I got the bug I'm gonna make more I'm gonna make more independent books or is there, are you kind of like I mean this is fun we'll see I, what happens I, I just wrote an independent mini series that I finished so it hasn't been drawn yet so that'll do but, um, but I mean I. I still love DC. I know, I know like when, when, yeah. Ty, when Tynan came on, he's like, I'm leaving Twitter. I'm doing my own thing. And, and yeah. J- J- um, Lemire just made sort of that same announcement. Yeah. Uh, I still love writing DC characters. I still love writing superheroes. I like working with these artists. I like the editors. I like Maria, I like Jim Lee. Um, I like that I wrote something in Batman and now I see it on the movie screen. It's fucking crazy. That's right. right. We didn't even talk about Batman. We did. We spent an hour and 15 minutes talking on a single thing about Batman and the fact that like now wh- the Batman movie's coming out. There's this shit you did up there. I know. It's crazy. I was trying to tell my wife, I was like, honey, I wrote something because I really like you. And then it got turned into something that like people in Kathmandu were going to look at. And, <laughs> and she's like, well, you still have to do the dishes. I don't know what you're right. I, yeah. <laughs> and that's the reason we do anything ladies and gentlemen we get into the arts we we can be perfect our craft just so we could get the, our, the women who love us to just let, let us, us put our feet up to for the a TV second. faster <laughs> <laughs> it's all the service of, of 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 that of that dream of going into another dimension and just letting everyone leave me alone for 10 that's right that's all what a dream <laughs> oh, magic. when the devil showed up he should have been like okay i get it i this couldn't have lasted <laughs> to get it and the devil's like no 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 no. i'm just here i, I just i didn't know what this room was no no you're fine that, you're why fine. do you think i made this room yes. <laughs> but uh ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for hanging out with us we'll see you guys next time with another episode tom we got to do this again hopefully uh you know we don't have to wait for the next independent series you were so it. kind i'm, I'm oh, uh, pleased to have you on i, I greatly appreciate that I, I appreciate you giving me the time man and uh ladies and gentlemen Go check out the Substack. Even just take a look at it. See if, see if it passes the smell test for you. But at the very least, you get a free book out of it. Which, you know, how can you argue with that? But uh, thanks a lot for watching. We'll see you guys next time. So long.